faith before I left, and I kind of shut that down, but I, I'm picking it back up. I told you I was going to come back and, and be, go right into Easter, and I'm going to keep talking about faith, but I'm not going to talk about walking in faith. I'm just going to talk about different parts of faith. So just put everything you know about walking in faith, keep that in your head when you've forgotten all of it. I understand that, or most of it. But what I want you to do is I want you to, to just follow along on this journey the next several weeks as we go to Easter, because as we move to Easter... I want to continue to, to go in that vein of faith. What does faith mean? What does God want us to do? How, how does he want us to, to proceed here in this life that we're living? So today I've, I've titled our lesson, if you say, what was it about? It's called Expecting the Best When You're Facing Your Giants. Expecting the Best When You're Facing Your Giants. I read Samuel when I was on vacation, and this just popped up at me, and I think I've got to look at this because there was one question that really really bugged me. And so I kept digging and digging and I went to a bunch of things. I'll tell you about that question here in just a minute. But I want to talk to you today about how do you expect the best when you're facing this obstacle that looks at you and goes, I'm not getting out of your way. I'm just going to beat the crud out of you right here where you stand. And there's several of you in this place today. (laughs) You're facing surgeries and you're facing cancer and you're facing you know, death, and you're facing people who have died, and you're facing ailments, and you're facing relationship things, and financial, it just goes on and on and on. What do you do? How do you, as a, as a, as a Jesus person, how do you expect the best and not be this, oh, I'm a poor soul kind of person, the Eeyore kind of person that goes, you know, just all, all the bad always happens in my life. How do you get uh, even, even, even to ask a couple more questions. Uh, well, if you look at Hebrews 11, let's just start right there. Hebrews 11 says it this way. And this, this, there's only one way to get God to really smile on your life and to say, I'm, I'm here, uh, you're doing what I want. How do you know you're doing what God wants you to do? So here it is. Hebrews 11 says this. Oh, by the way, this is the good, the good word version, and so it's not going to come up. It, it, they always, the other versions always talk about hope. But hope sometimes, is, if it's not based on God, it doesn't do any good. So I love this version. I love what it says. It says, faith assures us of things we expect. Faith assures us of things we expect. If you don't expect this giant to leave you, if you don't expect that God get you through this giant, then you're missing the point of what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to expect it. He wants you to, to look at that and say, my God can. And a lot of us, when we look at that giant, the first thing that we say is, I don't know. I don't know. You may be a great person here today of faith. You may have the faith of of one of the best people in the Bible, but it's impossible, the Bible says, to please God if you don't have faith, if you don't have that kind of faith that does does the impossible, that, that looks to a God that says, no matter what's in your way, you can get through it. Look what Matthew 9, 29 says. It says that this, uh, the next one, according to your faith, it will be done to you. You're not going to like this. A lot of you aren't going to like this because you're going, 
That's conditional. And it is. It's conditional on what? On our faith. If you believe that God can do it, if you expect God can do it, then it's, it's, it goes on that. According to your faith, you get to choose. What? Yeah. You get to choose how much God blesses your life. You get to choose the answers to your prayers. You get to choose to see how God's plan for you unfolds. According to your faith, it will be done to you. That's in there. It's hard to dismiss that today, church. But a lot of, a lot of us have. God says if you've got a lot of faith, we can get a lot done in your life. If you've got a, a little faith, we'll get a little done in your life. And if you've got no faith, then nothing's getting done in your life. According to your faith, it will be done. Faith unlocks it unlocks the door to heaven. It is very important that as you grow and develop and you strengthen your faith, that the giants, the storms, the hellfire that comes at you, all, all can be handled if you expect God to handle it. The next verse says this, uh, or, it, 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 or the verse in Hebrews 11 says, what we get, what we expect, we get what, we, we, what, what God has for us if we do that. And when I'm talking about expecting the best, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, not about wishful thinking. You know, I wish this would go away. I wish cancer would leave. I wish that, that, that this bad thing would just, just go. I, I wish that everything would just fall. No, wishes are bad. Wishes don't do diddly. Wishing is nothing. When we expect the best, we have a confident assurance that God is in charge, he's in control, and he has a plan, and I'm going to let him. So why do I need to expect the best in life when so many things are going wrong, Jeff? That's, that's the question that's on most of our minds. I've been trusting him. I've been believing him. And it's going nowhere. What do I do? What do I do? So we're going to look at the story that I talked about. The, the story that 99.9% of the church people have heard until their ears ache. You've heard the story of David and Goliath. And I'm not going to I don't want to tell you all the story. I'm just going to do the high points real quick. And then I'm going to go to the scripture. I'm going to go to some of the things that we see about David and his faith and about what he did. We learn the answer to this question. How do we expect in faith when we look at the life of David, a little shepherd boy who, who had nothing more than his dad's care of sheep? And we see his we see his story unfold, and his story unfolds like this. He's a, it's very, uh, he, he's a factory worker. He gets up early in the morning, goes to work, and comes home. And he watches the sheep, and the, things, the big things for his day is the, that the wolves come after, and the lions come after, and the bears come after the sheep. And time and time again, he's able to fend them off, and his faith gets, gets strengthened out in the field in the little mundane things. 
the little things that just go on every day. And one thing after another, you know, maybe a little, some little predator comes after him and he takes his sling and he, he's able to get it. Oh, good, good job. And he, he learns some more. And then another predator comes up and he's able to get it. And another, oh, his faith, God can do. And he just continues and continues to grow in his faith. We pick him up in this story about this today about uh, David. And we're, as we pick him up, we pick him up that he's been out in the fields and his brothers who are all big and strong and fighting and stuff and they're in the battle and they're in the war, they're against the Philistines. You know this story, you could tell the story, uh, so I don't want to go into all the details, but the bottom line is nobody wants to fight this big dude that's sitting out there, Goliath, big dude, biggest guy ever, you know, all the stories. He's got, just, he's huge. So that doesn't matter. What matters is David says, here I am, send me. And so he goes. And they try to, try to figure out their own ways, how to, how to get him to stand up and to, to go do it. And David says, just let me do it my way. So the Bible says he goes and he picks up five stones and, and says, let me go do, do my thing. I'll take him on. So we see this, this, this story unfold, and you know, the, you know the outcome, you know all that. So here, here's, we've we got to go through a couple things before we get to the, to the meat of what I want to talk to you about today. So how do I, I think the question I asked there, did I put it up there? Can you go back for a minute? Let's see. Why expect the best? Okay, why expect the, Okay, now go to the next one. Good job. When you expect the best, it honors God. When you expect God to do what God says he will do, it honors him. And he is very honored when you expect that he can do it. When you look at him in faith and say, I know he can heal whatever it is that's going on in my life. There's something about expecting that, is, that just says something that you know who God really is. That you, that you see not just in your eyes, you see in your spirit, you see who God is. 1 Samuel 17, now you can do that. Thank you, Charlie, sorry. says this, This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down, and the whole world will know that there is a God. See, David proclaims what God's going to do even before he does it. So why, why in the world, if he, if he knows that, why does he proclaim it? Because he wants everybody else to know what he knows. I'm going to do it. I proclaim. I, he's Spoke it out loud. Let's talk about us a little bit. When we have a giant come into our life, what do we speak out? What's the first thing that you speak out loud? What's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? I know my God will do it. Nope. <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh, no. And a lot of other expletives, you know. What are we going to do? You see, it's important. When you are getting ready to face a giant, other people are looking at you and going, how are they doing it? How are they doing it? And some of us do it well, and some of us do it kicking and screaming with very little faith involved. Because we don't expect God to do it because we just expect him to not listen to us 
again. He's not going to hear us again. You see, it's important to understand that. I don't expect the best. Number two, when I have faith and I expect God for the best, it increases my ability in life. When I expect him to do what he says he's going to do or what I believe him to do, it takes the ability, my little, and it makes it a lot. God gave David this ability in his faith to see things that other people didn't see. The whole Israeli army is, is, is cowering and saying, no way am I going to go fight this guy. No way. And David, who's got a pretty nice list, a bear and a lion and you know, maybe a wolf or two, he's got it on his, on his resume. He's like, I'll go, I'll go. Now, here's the question that I wrestle with and that got me in even to talking about this. Otherwise, I'd be talking about something differently. I have been so enamored with this next part. The Bible says that David went to the, went to the, the river, the spring, whatever it was, and he picked up how many stones? Why? Why did he pick up five stones? Did he, did he think he was going to miss? Well, if, if one misses, I got two. I've thought about that for years. I've heard preachers and preachers. And so I dug in with that really, really a lot this week. I went to, I went to my, my alma mater, Johnson. I went to their website. I went to all the, the, uh, the different, their library, and I went into their commentaries. And I finally found three commentaries that said something that I never, ever, ever thought about. Here's the answer. They believe... They believe, now I can't be 100% certain, but I, can, I, I like their, where they're going with this. Uh, tales uh, of, of this time, stories of this time, told about a giant named Goliath and about four brothers that he had that were equally as tall and equally as big. I believe David knew about those other brothers. I believe he went to, and he bent down, and he picked up five stones, believing that if he kills Goliath, number two is going to set up, and number three, and number four, and number five. He believed with everything in him that he was going to have to go fight five giants. I believe that. I, don't, I can't prove that to you, but I love that explanation. I love it. And that's, that's the kind of goal I want some of us to start living our life with, that we go, I, I need five stones. <laughs> what are your five stones? I don't know what your five stones are, but I know you got them, and I know there's steps for some of you to do what you need to do to get back together with somebody, for, for you to come together and say, this is what we got to do. We got this, 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 and this, and we're going to get through it. They're going to fall, those giants are going to fall. What faith it took to pick up five stones. And not only faith did he have, he had the ability because the Bible says, I mean, think about it. He had all that armor on, and, and you, you can talk about all that, but he had everything covered on him, everything. And he hit the one place that wasn't exposed, which is so dumb. Why didn't they create armor that goes over the temple? But he hit the temple, and the giant went tumbling down. 
What ability to take that little spot, nine feet tall, David standing there. Man, that's ability. And God took his little and made it a lot. See, when David went out there thinking, he wasn't thinking I'm going to miss. He was thinking, I got four more. I got four more. And his ability took him into battle, knowing that he was going to do what he was going to do. Number three, when you have faith, when you have faith, when you walk in your faith, it encourages other people. Everybody in this room today is struggling with something. You're in the testing phase. You're going to see tests. You're going to a doctor. There's something that's going on in every one of our lives. And it's a giant. Whether I look at it as a giant or anybody else in the world sees it as a giant, it's a giant just because nobody else says it is. It's a giant. And it's a giant that God wants you to expect that you're going to be able to blow right through. The Bible tells us that when when Goliath had that stone in his head and he fell and David took off his head, that the whole Israeli tribe all of a sudden go, hey, let's go. (laughs) Here they are cowering back in in the back, sitting there, not one, not me. And all of a sudden, one guy steps forward and does what he's supposed to do, expects it, and it gets done, and it says the whole tribe rose up, went in, and and killed and filleted the Philistines in so many weird fashions. How can you expect the best? You don't know, Jeff, what I've been thinking. How can I expect the best? Of others, because others let me down all the time. You don't know the problems I'm facing right now, Jeff. How can I expect the best when everything in my life just seems to be going wrong? Would you like to be more expecting instead of, I'm always the one who gets dumped on? I'm always the 15%. You know, there's only 15% chance. And I'm Miss 15. I'm Mr. 15. I'm so unlucky. Luck has nothing to do with it. Luck has nothing to do with it. God is in charge. God has a plan and a reason for everything that's going on in your life. And he wants to do something. He wants to your faith to encourage somebody else. He wants you to stand up and to say, I've got my five stones. Let's go, baby. Now, you may get knocked down. And you may miss. But you're going to go in expecting that when you do, God has your plan. Not just your back, as your plan. You want to be a more expecting person? I do. I don't want to be that person that's always the victim. I'm always the one that gets the ticket. I'm always the one that goes 57 miles an hour, and I get the ticket, while somebody goes 70 miles an hour past me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because I'm the one that knows that the speed limit is 55. Ooh. Okay, that hurts. You want to be more expectant. 
Here's the, here's the question. Or here's the, here's the where we're going to go with this, the next one. How do we expect that? Okay, tune into God every morning. I believe we can find this from David, and I believe we can find this through so many people in the Bible. And here, here's what I'm talking about when I say this. Look what David said. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I may my, lay my request before you, and I wait in expectation. I wait in expectation. I wait that you're getting ready to do it. This is not just word lips, wordsmith. Most of us, the first thing we do when we hop out of bed, we think about our day and we plan our day. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to, you know, I got to do my, we got a whole rote thing of things that we do. And we leave God out of the equation. We say, okay, God, uh, you know, amen. Please give me a good breakfast bar as I slam it in here before I go to work. Really tune in. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait expecting you to do what you said you would do. Before he talks with anybody, he talks to God. Before he listens to Sports Center, before he touches his phone and see how many likes he got the night before, or how many things were on Insta, or whatever, he talks to God, and he lays his request to God. Some of you were born naturally pessimistic. You know who you are. Don't raise your hand. But there's a lot of you in here are very, very pessimistic. You are blessed. Listen, you are not unlucky. It seems like you're unlucky, but you're not. You are blessed. God takes your little bit and will make it bigger than you ever, ever thought possible. Number two, David thought on God's promises throughout the day. And this is what I think is the key part of why most people in the faith fail, flunk, go awry. You start the day by remembering the promises of, of him, of who he is. Because the Bible says his promises are perfect. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me. That's pretty tough. This is, this is David wise being chased. Because everybody's trying to kill him. This is another time that he says this. But he says, though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your promises. Let me ask you this. What is your mind? What's in your mind? Most of the day, ah, I got a stress. I'm stressed. This isn't going right. This isn't doing ah, It's a mess. See, not the promises. He was facing the threat of assassination every day. And he said, the only way I'm going to get through that is the promises of God. Another place he says in Psalms 119, he says this, I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart. How many promises are in your heart? None. That's why you're having trouble. We have to know what his promises are. 
So we listen because who's coming after us? The devil is out to seek and destroy you. How does he destroy you? He doesn't have to come up to you and hit you. He doesn't have to shoot you. He doesn't have to take his little poker and poke you. He just gets you to doubt. He gets you to be so stressed and so mortified at everything that's going on in your life that all you are is one anxious ball of, of nerves and complete anxiety. Oh my God, what is going on in my life? I love him. And yet here I am suffering, suffering. Why, 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 why? Why are so many people struggling with their giants? Why are so many people struggling when things come in their life? Because we don't know any promise. So my assignment for some of you today is to get one of the promises. Get one of the promises. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a child of God. I am not who... Every Instagram makes me look at it and goes, oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a substandard human being because I don't have all these curves and I don't have all this beauty and I don't have... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. So we have to have some promise in our life. We have to have some promise. Lastly, lastly, trust in God even when things look really, really bad. Psalms 42.11. Oh, my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. There's that word again. Expect God to act. For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. For I know what he will do. See, when the circumstances look bad, when that giant is looming in front of you and he's sitting there spitting at you and, and, and doing all kinds of slurs and making fun of you and all you're like, oh, I'm just going to turn and run or I'm not going to handle it or I'm just going to go do some other things and I'll deny it and I'll, I'll just spend half my life just doing everything else but the thing that needs to really be done. Psalms 42, I think. Did I put that one down, Charlie? I think I did. Yeah, there it is. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. That's the message that David would say to you today. That's the, that's the message that Jesus has for you. Some of you are going through some pretty dark times right now, and I understand that. And my, my heart hurts for you. And I pray, I pray so much for you guys because I don't have anything else. I would love to come alongside you if you'll let me. But I'm here today to say to you, I know that Jesus can. I know that whatever it is you're going through, whether it's unbelief and you're sitting here today and going, I don't believe in him anymore. And I'm not sure why I'm doing what I do. Some of you, as you go through these dark things, you've got to remember that God has helped your family out, whether you know it or not, many, many, many times before. And many, many, many times before, God has gotten you to today. And you've got to expect him to do it again. Not only did he do it in the past, he wants to do it again because he wants you to encourage others. He wants to encourage you, and he wants you to be able to take another step forward, and you're going to get knocked down, 
But he wants you to be able to take another step instead of stopping, instead of quitting, instead of saying things like, I give up. I give up on God. I give up on prayer. I give up on reading the Bible. I give up on all that. Because he knows the devil doesn't have to come at you anymore because he's got you. He's got you. He's got you confused. He's got you dazed. He's got you to a point where you doubt everything. Here's what I do know. I do know this. Almost never does God give us an explanation for why the problems are going on in your life. If you're asking why, if you're still here asking why did so-and-so die, why did so-and-so die, you're not going to get an answer to that. Why is this giant in my life? I don't know. Why can't we get along? I don't know. But you can't ask that question why. And he's not going to give you an explanation. What he wants you to do is to trust him and have faith. Faith that he can take you, that he will carry you through whatever it is you're going through. You wouldn't understand some of the reasons that you're going through some of the stuff you go through. You won't understand until you get to heaven. You will not understand. But why? There is no reason. There's not here. It's not here. Stop looking for it. But why? Stop it. Stop looking for the why. Look for the one who knows all. What do you do when you're in a situation that doesn't make sense and all the people around you are, are saying one thing and you're feeling another? What do you do with that? It doesn't seem to have a rhyme or reason for why it's going on in your life. You trust the love of God in your heart and you take one step and you get your butt going forward one more step and one more step and one more step. You don't run away from people who love you. You run to people who love you. You don't run away from people who are there even though they're going to screw up, even though they're going to say the wrong things, even they're going to not do what you want them to do. Still run to the people that you know that love you. You got to say, I know God loves me, and that's all that matters. You got to be able to say that, and you got to be able to, to, to not just quote it, but you got to be able to feel it. Hebrews 12, 11, or 10 says it this way While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them, but God is doing what's best for us, training us to live God's holy best. God is training you to do your holy best here while you're here right now. The key is this, to handle the giants in your life, you've got to look at them from God's perspective and not yours. If you look at them from by what you can see, all you're going to see is a big old flipping mess. But if you look at it from God's perspective, you go, oh, okay, there's more to this than meets the eye. See, remember one last time, the whole Israeli army had a chance to go and take <laughs> Goliath, and they didn't do it. This guy is impossible. This guy, there's no way he can be beat. David looks at the same situation and says, my God can.
Listen, family. Through all the problems that you're going through, all the stuff that's going on in your life, maybe he's trying to get your attention to say, I'll take care of you if you just trust me. Take care of you if you just trust me. Psalms 37, 4 says it this way. Keep company with God. Get in on his best. Keep company with God. Get in on his best. Stop settling for the economy version. Stop settling. Expect the best. Let's pray. Jesus, as the lights go down.